Jesse Lindell, your host, and welcome to the very first episode of the Next Stage podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to be starting this journey with all of you, and I just wanted to give you a quick rundown of what you can expect and a little about why I'm starting this project. Um, I've always been fascinated by and studied a, a diverse range of subjects. Um, all of which we'll touch on um, in this this series. Um, everything from nature-based societies and spirituality to sustainable design, uh, esoteric philosophy, psychology, neuroscience, quantum physics, holistic healing, herbalism, uh, experimental art and music. Uh, the list goes on and on. And I think, for me, my appetite for knowledge has made it hard for me to stick with one thing, uh, both career-wise and creatively, and that's been a, a point of frustration for me for a long time, but I've come to realize how many other people are out there that are interested in the same things and are probably equally hungry as I am to know more. So um, in my journey to kind of find my own path, I've, I've found it fascinating and informative to research all these various outgrowths of human knowledge and creativity that often run counter to the mainstream. Um, but even more than that, hearing the personal stories of these people is what's really intrigued me the most, hearing about how they left behind conventional uh, expectations, mainstream nine-to-five jobs, how they overcame fears or personal crises or whatever it was to strike out into the unknown and do something unconventional and new and kind of revolutionary in order to bring something helpful and beautiful to the world that didn't exist before. Uh, and that's kind of where this name Next Stage comes from, is this kind of the next steps in human evolution. And I think a lot of times you have to go outside your comfort zones and outside the norms in order to find uh, that new thing and that's always fascinated me about how people get to that point to reach beyond themselves uh, and, and find the courage and uh, what their path was because I think for a lot of us we have ideas in the back of our head about things we'd like to see happen or things we'd like to achieve and we're not always exactly sure how to get there and for me I think it's been helpful to hear other people's stories of how they navigated uncharted waters. Um, so that's going to be a sort of underlying thread with a lot of the conversations we'll be having. And I'm really excited because I have so many amazing guests already lined up from very diverse fields. Um, we'll be speaking with a, a pioneer in plant biofeedback and music, um, an experimental ethnographic filmmaker, and loads more on the horizon. So if you haven't yet, please uh, do subscribe to this podcast to stay tuned. Um, I'm hoping this is just the beginning of something larger. I have visions of a website with articles and videos and other things to add on to this. So hopefully this will be an expanding project. Uh, and I'm excited to be taking these first steps with you. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to get right into the first episode with my first guest, America Martin, who is an amazing painter, sculptor, artist. Um, she's based here in LA, and I'm so excited to interview her because not only is her art amazing, but she as a person just has this radiant quality and 
a really beautiful approach to life uh, as art. And I find her super inspiring. So I'm sure you will too. And uh, let's get into it. Hi, Next Stage listeners. This is Jessie Lindell, and I am here with my guest, America Martin. Very excited to have her on the show. And America is a painter, a sculptor, uh, all-around visionary artist, and I'm super excited to have her with us. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is super fun. Um, I wanted to start out by first kind of getting a little bit of your background um, and kind of how you found your path. I know that you started out being interested in art from an early age and maybe you can talk a little bit about how that came about and and where that kind of led you. Sure, yeah. Um, I fell in love um, with art when I was nine because I fell in love with Vincent van Gogh. Um, I got this book at a yard sale from doing chores around the neighborhood and um, I'd always been um, you know, raised with and around art in the form of music and literature, but not fine art as much. And um, it kind of blew my top off. And when I saw like the portrait of the potato farmer's wife, I realized that that woman was sitting in front of this guy and he had just drawn her. And I thought it was like this powerful thing. So instead of money around my neighborhood, when I did chores, I'd ask if they would sit for me. And so I started doing that a bunch. And um, my stepdad was like, hey, this isn't just like a little phase. She's going kind of cuckoo. And uh, so he put me in touch with a friend of a friend. And then I apprenticed from with this guy from Art Center named Vernon Wilson for like until I was like 18. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Did you have a pretty clear vision of, like, this was what you wanted to do, or you were just kind of in the flow and enjoying it? Or, like, did you have plans early on, like, as you were kind of doing it to, like, go to school or to... How did you see it, like, informing the rest of your life? Did you look at um, it? I, I guess I didn't really see it exactly like that. No, not at first. Um... I just knew that I loved this and it wasn't, you know, before I wanted to be like a ballerina and I had done violin lessons and um, all these other things and um, always did them half-assedly. And then this was something that like I 100% did on my own, no one had to tell me to do and I would just be in my room drawing and mixing colors and like teaching myself stuff for hours and hours. So I, I knew that I just loved it. And then it was, uh, it wasn't till I was like 16 um, that I thought, wait a minute, maybe I could do this. Maybe this might be something that I should pursue. And because um, that's when you have to start applying to colleges and stuff, I think, mm -hmm. or you already should have had or something. Right. And, um, but it was something that I was really like passionate about and, um, and my friend's mom, who's a wonderful actress, um, 
sent some of my drawings out to friends and people bought them and that was like oh, the cool. thing that happened where I was like what I wait I made something and someone bought it mm. like that's crazy mm -hmm. and then that made me go wait a minute maybe maybe I could do this and as like a job because I've always had a job growing up acting and working in sandwich shops and all this stuff but uh -huh. so I was like wait a minute that's cool nice yeah so that gave you encouragement oh such like like the most fairy godmother like validation of like and now little lady you'll try this and I was like <laughs> yes I will I'll work so hard I promise that's so cool <laughs> yeah so from there, did you like like look into going to art school and? Yeah, uh, I got a scholarship to go to the Boston Museum School, and um, it was only for one year. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went to that, and it was an amazing experience. Um, but then I came back because I was broke. Mm -hmm. And you came back and just kept working. Yeah, yeah, bartended and like had pop-up shows like I was like like a how do you call a, a dog after a weasel I was like any place that I s could see that had like a good location or if someone was an artist I was like oh hey da 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 you ever think of hosting and and I would put up shows just of my own work or with friends mm -hmm. and then like find out like who friends uncle made wine and could he give us one case and just try yes. to make make things happen and uh -huh. it's kind of like uh yeah just busy doing that yeah that's cool i mean it sounds a lot like how i mean you do a lot of you like host people a lot and you and you have this very like social um like loving aura and you always are Aww. like hosting people and having people over and making really great connections between people that's sweet and that seems like a part of what you do you know it's like Oh, that's nice. I love doing that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when you're, when you're, I learned a long time ago when you, when you make art, you're alone all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the solitude because from the solitude comes ideas that push me and pull me. And, and um, um, I can only really do that kind of work alone. But um, the, the thing that inspires me most next to art is people right. so like meeting people and talking to them and being interested in like who are you what do you do and mm -hmm. like to me like makes me go ah oh, that camel hump is filled with beautiful water now <laughs> I can go and fill up my own solitude one mm-hmm yeah that's a really nice balance to have yeah between going into yourself and then going into the world yeah but I know like uh, your art is very focused on the figure too, especially women. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super interesting because you're using this kind of classical figured, you know, expressionist figurative approach and there's like these very empowered feeling, beautiful, strong women. Oh, cool. Why is that, how did that, is that been always like a thread in your work or how did that come about? Um, I think the female form, yeah, has always, when I started out, I was, started doing life drawing classes, um, mm -hmm. and it was a female form, mm -hmm. and the only naked people I'd ever seen were just my family, so I was like, and I was like the only kid, everyone was, uh, how do you say, a college person or an adult person, and I was like, I felt like honored that I got mm -hmm. to be around, you know, these other people in, in this thing this class and so drawing the figure was something that I like 
caduce over and over and over again. There's always like another way to look at the same pose or the body. Mm -hmm. And um, there were f women and men. Mm -hmm. And but I was young, and so I would draw like everything but the weenie, and uh -huh. then I would go to like the uh -huh. knees uh -huh. <laughs> just to be respectful. Right. <laughs> yep. But then um, th I got over that. But I just I guess the, the male form is like delicious, but for aesthetics. You can't beat like the female form, mm -hmm. like all different sizes and shapes. To me, it's just, uh, it's like, it is a powerful image. It is like this, um, this beautiful, like goddess symbol that's been portrayed throughout all of art history. Mm -hmm. Like, premortal, how do you say, premortally, pre uh, like not pre primitive, but like, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, when you see, like, these beautiful little stone sculptures of, like, um, fertility goddess, like, it's right. like this, this powerful thing. Like, you can, you can make another person out of this woman body. You can, it can be beautiful. It can be this. It's just endless. So yeah. I really love always going back to the female form. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's very archetypal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I think it, it comes across like both in your personality, like there, it's your life seems so merged with your work because so much of yourself comes through your art and so much of your art comes through in your life and the way you are in the world. I think it's really cool. Well, that's the most flattering thing ever <laughs> to hear. That's so cool. Because I feel like uh, often I'm like, I call it, oh, I'm going to be human when I leave the studio because uh -huh. then I'm like, I get to smell people and like look at them and shower and change my clothes and stuff like that. But uh -huh. it's nice to know that it 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 is all one. Cause yeah. That's a yeah. that's what you I guess you would want to do, you mm -hmm. know, as opposed to have to totally put on a different space helmet and do something different. Yeah, yeah. Do you find? I mean, the going back and forth between the worlds of like being in your creative space and and going into social space or other types of spaces. Do you find, like, do you have certain rituals or, like, practices that you do that help you get into the creative flow? Or, like, if you're feeling stuck or you get into a rut, like, do you have anything that you go to that kind of helps you work through that? Or Oh, yeah. And it's changed over the years. Mm. And that's that's a real, um, a real pain in the butt. Um, it used to be burritos. <laughs> That's one of my go-tos also. <laughs> like, seriously, like, if I was like, oh, man, I got a lot of work to do and I don't feel like doing it, I'm like, America, just go, go ahead and get yourself a bean and cheese and rice burrito. Maybe slurge <laughs> you get some avocado in it. You'll be okay. I'm like, okay, I could do it. I could do it. Nice. Um, but then, you know, you can only eat so many burritos. And mm -hmm, <laughs> I've been mm -hmm. doing this for a bit. Mm -hmm. So then, <clears throat> then it would be like, smoking cigarettes or putting on, um, and that's, I'm trying to give up that up, you know, all these things, burritos right. got to give up, cigarettes you got to give up, so. <laughs> Find a new vice. <laughs> Find a new vice. Um, but I do go in between um, music or audiobooks, mm. and that's sort of been my most long-lasting gear shifter, um, because it makes me work totally differently. Mm -hmm. um, I know that if I have a bad story or a story that has a bad feeling to it, mm -hmm. it really affects my work. And mm -hmm. I get like listless and annoyed and, 
And then I go, wait a second, what have I been doing? I've been listening for 15 hours to Stephen King's It. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, yeah, he's talented, but this is like, t this is terrible things are happening. Right. And this isn't cool. I got to change it. And yeah. then I'll do it. And then I'll automatically start feeling better and paint better. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It affects your psychic space. Totally. Yeah. That makes sense. That's something I've found talking to other artists as well is like getting into the flow. It's like, um, cat <laughs> is here for a visit. <laughs> um, sometimes it's hard to like get to start. Like the hardest part is starting. And then once you start, it becomes enjoyable and you get into the flow. But a lot of people I've talked to like have similar problems as myself where it's like getting to that. There's so much avoidance that happens of like getting to that starting place. And then once you're finally there and you're in it, it feels really good. Um, have you ever encountered that? Or? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, starting is very difficult, um, especially because I live in my studio and it's very cold in the morning in the winters. And starting, meaning getting out of my bed starting, mm -hmm. <laughs> can really be difficult. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, you, you got to set little boundaries and, uh, and rules, little tasks, which then you have to break and figure out all over again and, you know. Yeah. Uh, all these things, but for sure, I think um, when I've had like terrible blocks where I'm like, I don't know what to paint and I have a deadline, um, something that I like will find myself doing is I'll be like, just put up a canvas, like just staple up any size, grab any color mm. and just paint it a solid color, move on and do it again. Mm. And then after like two hours, mm -hmm. Like, then I'm like, well, actually, you know that one that I did over there, the blue one? I'm kind of thinking some, like, gray would be cool. And then I'm like, and already, green. yeah, just my foot's over the threshold. And, like, and I go, shh, don't seem like you're smug, America. Just follow the <laughs> orders and keep on doing it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just creating that opening. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because it can get really easy to be like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to have an educational day. And go to a museum or a gallery and look at stuff. And then it's, it, in a way, th those are fantastic things and yeah. necessary, but that's another like procrastination and another negation of like, no, it's called, you don't know what to do until you're walking down the river and your feet are moving so fast that you just naturally find, oh, to the left and to the right and to the left, 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 like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's especially a problem like in our culture now with like the internet and social media. It's like there's so much information and visual stimulation that you can get really caught up in like inspiration or oh, like, you totally. know, and dis distracting yourself that way. Like, oh, I'm gathering information or in inspiration. And then it just becomes this endless cycle where you're gathering, 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 but not taking that step to like jump in and just start doing it totally yeah no and th I do that I mean and it's that's what so social media is amazing for finding inspiration I think it's awesome also amazing for connecting people mm -hmm. I've actually just like met amazing other artists and doing collaborations with them via Instagram cool. and it's so that for, for that I think it's amazing yeah but definitely um, I've noticed I guess the last e two years I've done more social media stuff and I've found myself having like an extra 
Like maybe like have this analogy, if I have six eggs, one of them is a genetically modified Instagram social media egg. <laughs> where like I'm like, wait, something about this isn't right. And I just I like I'll be doing something and I'll, I'll be find myself comparing to all these images, images, images I've seen, seen, seen mm. on the phone as opposed to my other curated book system where I'll go and look at my find a book, right. research an artist see that and it's one tone one thing and so I don't know it's it's kind of a funny thing but you know but yeah. then also like great uh, evolve and move on and get stronger yeah yeah it's an interesting medium with like so much potential yeah and I mean so many innovative things are happening through it so yeah it's interesting to see how it affects artists totally yeah how people use it. And I think it's also important because like as a form of art, art is a way of like like validating that you're here. Mm -hmm. Saying like leaving your paw print. Right. And it has been since, you know, caveman painting days. Um, but I feel that like um, that social media is like so it's so widely accepted because it's a way for everybody to say, hey, look, mm -hmm. I did this and I was here. Because life is totally unreal and surreal. So sometimes like, you need to have that validation of like, oh, I did this. And you all see it? Cool. It happened. Yeah. So I, I totally understand how it's so, such a strong, powerful thing. Yeah. Leaving your little scratch prints on the rock. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I'm also curious... Um, about you're part Colombian, is that right? Mm -hmm. Do you does that something that you feel connected to, or have like you know researched into, or have you visited Colombia? Like, how does that? I need to go there. Yeah. I have a bunch of family there. My great grandfather was like the first fellow to fly over the Andes and drop mail, mm. and they, they've got his little face on like I think the two cent stamp or something. Wow. But um, I haven't been. Mm -hmm. My father's Colombian. Um, I've, I'm actually, I, I never really have researched other Colombian artists. I have now, but uh -huh. not in the past. Right. But I've heard uh, reference that, oh, my work feels very Colombian. And then I've seen stuff and I'm like, oh, I could totally see. Interesting. You know, the, like, the similarity. Um, I guess there's a, like I don't know a Gauguin aspect to it like bigger fingers and women and mm -hmm. shapes and bolder colors or something mm -hmm. and I could totally see that so I think that any reference to it would be like in the uh, thumbprint like something you have no say over it's right. just sort of in like your sassy, sassy walk or something yeah. or something that you do <laughs> <laughs> just written in the DNA yeah I think yeah. so yeah yeah it's cool like I know a painter who's, uh, uh, he's like very, his his father's like a lawyer and his family is very like, you know, and his artwork is very much like that. So mm -hmm. perhaps like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. People emulate kind of where they came from in that yeah. way. Kind of as a way Which to is totally not true also because like think right. of like every other artist, like Francis Bacon's fathers and mothers were you know, huge swashbuckling, like lewd, beautiful talent. I don't know. You know, no, yeah. it makes no sense. It all depends. So 
erase that, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's interesting because you kind of deal with these archetypal forms, you know, and and um, there's so much history and richness down there too. Totally, I'm looking forward to going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you have goals for the new year, like plans, or is do you kind of are you a goal setter or are you more kind of in the flow with like how you allow events events to happen in your life? Um, I'm one million billionth a goal setter. Mm. Um, like I think calendars are like the best thing in the world. Nice. Because I don't think, uh, I, I believe that, you know, if you just float down the river, that's called a vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to get places. I want to go to the top of things and fall down and slide down and like and the only way to do that is actually like going all right by this date I gotta have this and this done mm-hmm. so that I you know fail enough so that then I can succeed a few times mm-hmm. so yeah um, I definitely have a lot of goals they consist of like like really pushing sculpture more and um, photography other elements that I've always done, but bringing them more into a cohesive form into the other forms of my art. Mm-hmm. And um, also I have a bunch of shows this year. So getting a lot of work and series is done that I like mm-hmm. so that I can experiment on things that might be terrible, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I need to do. <laughs> well, that's the whole part of the process that everybody's so afraid of, right? Yeah. It's like not doing it right. Right. No, I love that. It, like, I, it's really important to make terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like making mistakes is a large part of the process, yeah. if not the majority of the process. And then you find the gems. Totally. I remember being in art school once, like, I think my first day of drawing class and the professor said like my favorite sentence. He was like, okay, I want you now to make the worst drawing you've ever done. Mm. And some of us were like, what? And some of us were like, okay. And I was like, what? Because I was so broke that I just bought like an $8 piece of paper. Uh-huh. And that was like my dinner money. Uh-huh. And I was like, wait, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> ruining this, this one paper. piece of paper. <laughs> and, but it was so great because it loosens you up and it mm-hmm. it makes you like see things differently it changes your perspective and that's like the whole part of that's great about art mm-hmm. um, I remember when I went to Mississippi I did this residency with this little museum down there and I got to teach these kids after Katrina all this stuff anyway uh-huh. I asked for like something ridiculous like tons of paper just so that they could waste the paper nice and these yeah. kids just you know come from Katrina and where waste is like they can't waste anything right and the drawings were like teeny mm-hmm. in the little mm-hmm. center of the huge piece of paper because mm-hmm. I got like 30 by 40 pieces of paper and then by the end of the, like the whole month they were there they were gluing two pieces of paper together oh, wow. and they like it was really cool yeah. experiment to to pass down again yeah yeah, there's something in that about like fear of taking up too much space or like of being wasteful or, or, or like a lack of a feeling of lack, like there's not enough abundance to be able to totally experiment and yeah. explore. And that they have something to say that can be bold. Yeah. You know, instead of just because you you're small doesn't mean you have to be quiet. Yeah. 
That's amazing. It was fun. Yeah. I had a similar experience when I was taking art classes. It was so intimidating for me because I'm just like a hyper perfectionist and I just felt like, oh, I'm just going to do it wrong. You know, like I don't know what I'm doing. And I could hardly create. I was so locked up. And I finally had this one watercolor teacher who said something very similar. She was like, I just want you to make a mess. Like she was like, I just want you to make marks on the page and just don't even try and make art, just like make a big mess. And I did, and it was so that's freeing. Awesome. And and she loved like loved it. Oh, and she that's was like so cool. The, like she was so responsive and like validating. But I also felt like I was discovering things as I was doing that. Yeah. You know, because I finally didn't have that fear of like if it was gonna be good or not. Right. The pressure wasn't there. Totally. And so I started experimenting and discovering things and it totally opened up my whole process. That is so cool, yeah, Jesse. It was super healing. That's awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yeah. Cuz like someone did that for me and then someone did that for you. It's like Yeah. so cool to be able to share something like that with someone cuz that that opens up different things on other dynamics you might not even think about. Mhm. And um Yeah. That's what's cool. Yeah. No, it was it was I mean, that's what got me really interested in art therapy because it right. literally was like a therapeutic, you know, experience. Yeah. yeah. And I think art, art totally is that, you know. No, for sure. I, I often, you know, when you do something for money, because I make art as a living, but I mm -hmm. do it out of my love. But sometimes you can think of it as like, oh, wait, no, wait, I this, this is not good. Da, da, da. And you're like you know or the, well, this is different from that and and the truth is like what is interesting to someone else comes from a place of love and a, like joy from you so mm -hmm. if you're not having fun right ain't nobody gonna like it right like, you have to care about it and you can't like like fake making out with someone and like you I mean yeah you can't <laughs> you can't like fake you know like oh this is kind of good because I think it shows so yeah. anyway yeah yeah that makes sense it's um, I mean yeah there's such a link between making you know like the creative process and what's going on inside you totally. it's, like, it's like the subconscious just you just get turned inside out totally and it like comes out into the physical realm yeah and you get to see it all totally and then sometimes you can be really can, like surprised like because sometimes you can see someone's art and like be like oh I totally now know who this person is and then you meet them and you're like what the what uh -huh. like a total mis like you know Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde thing interesting yeah. um and uh, that's always but then most of the time it's pretty spot-on mm-hmm I met I there is this Amazing painter, you know the movie Vicky Cristina and Barcelona, the Woody Allen movie. I'm I saying the, seen that the one. word wrong. Vicky Cristina of Barcelona. Anyway, mm -hmm. so Woody Allen film. It's it's like it's lovely, and there's uh, Penelope Cruz is this painter, and I like pause that movie in the middle, and I was like, who painted these paintings? Long story short, did a rabbit hole thing, uh -huh. and. Um, uh, my ex and I went to Barcelona and met the artist. Wow. We, we were on a trip and then, but uh -huh. sought him out and his art is amazing and he was even more of an amazing person cool. than his art. Which is like the coolest thing. And he, anyway, his name is Auguste Pouge. Mm. And I don't know, he's cool. Yeah, I'll have to look him up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting how, 
yeah, it's like the the person comes through the work, and sometimes yeah. it's side of a side of a person you don't necessarily see. Totally, yeah, it's like totally. A, a part of them they're like expunging or right. processing. Yeah, or, yeah. Best, um, really great questions. This has been really fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank I, you. Yeah, this has been super interesting, and I love like we've talked a little bit before about like how you got into it and stuff, but it's it's cool to hear more about your beginnings and your process and stuff. Cool. I can't wait for all these, to hear all these. These are going to be really fun to hear. Yeah. Because you have such a beautiful perspective and your tone, it makes it so easy for someone to be introspective on them, their own selves. So. Oh, good. This I'm is going to be a fun project. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And we will talk again soon. Awesome. Wow, so honored to have America on the show today. I hope you uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't seen her work yet, you can find her online. Her website is americamartin.com. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-A-M-A-R-T-I-N. And um, she has a list of her upcoming shows throughout the year. Um, she does have a show opening at Joanne Artman Gallery in uh, New York City in Chelsea um, this February. That'll be up through the spring. So please check out her work. It's amazing. You'll love it. And um, let me know your thoughts. If you have any questions, comments, please email me at uh, contact at next-age.org. And... Um, Happy to hear from you and uh, any uh, suggestions or questions you have, um, and I can address it on the next podcast. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening, and um, we will see you next time. Bye.